this is Hillary Crowley and welcome to the Good Energy Healing Show. I have a lot of good energy today because I have something to share with everybody. Um, as promised, I would let you know when my book was ready and my book is in publication with Simon & Schuster. It will be available everywhere um, in all stores uh, throughout the United States, Canada, and I believe um, with international distribution. Um, so it's called, no surprise, The Power of Energy Medicine by Hillary Crowley. Uh, we're still in editing mode right now. My editor is working on it. And one of the things that happened in the process of writing this book was that I was asked by my editor to create a little bit more of a takeaway at the end of every chapter to put the reader into the story so that I wasn't just telling awesome, cool, interesting stories, but also engaging the reader so that they can experience their own awesome, cool, healing stories. And um, that was easy. And I remember uh, it was an important meeting that we had. And I said, I can do that because I think I'm already doing that on my podcast. And she said, that's fantastic. Let's go. Let's roll with it. And um, August 4th, 2020 is when the book can be in your hand. Uh, we're taking pre-orders now. I encourage you to pre-order if you can, it's selling for $16.99, which is a pretty standard rate out there. Um, so I think they priced it well. I think they named it well. Um, take a sneak peek. You can see the cover, uh, which is a picture of uh, medicine bottles with the beautiful rainbow colors uh, shining through them. It's the idea that we fill up our own medicine in this world of the good energy, medicine, uh, good healing, all of that. Um so it's actually probably comes of no surprise now that I speak of this, that um, the hardest thing about uh, writing this book was that I was telling my story in some ways, telling others stories. And that's where I come down to something that is extremely close to my heart, which is the power of confidentiality. So for me, the power of confidentiality is the power of the confessional. It's the power of privacy and the sacred bond um, that happens in when somebody turns to you and says, help me feel better. Simple as that. And I believe that the ask of helping somebody, you know, asking for help is a confessional itself. It's a, it's a moment of confidentiality. Um, you know, what does it feel like if a friend walked up to you and said, how are you doing? And you said, actually, I'm having a really hard day. And then I turned and said, she's having a really hard day. You know, um, my dog um, broke his leg. Her dog broke his leg. Like, that's just not, that's not helpful. Um, that's not being a helpful friend. And there's, you know, one of the things about my book is restoring love and dignity and humanity back into healthcare. And so maybe we should be start thinking about the people that we work with, whether you're a patient working with a doctor, you're a doctor working with a patient, you're somebody like me who works in the um, holistic aspects of healing. Um, so my, my people are my clients. Um, and we'd start thinking about that power of friendship too, like treating people as you would treat them as a friend. And then maybe all these these rules wouldn't be so hard to follow. Um, I've learned so much already preparing for this uh, podcast. So when I was making my notes, I always call it HIPAA, which is H-I-P-A-A. -A. And I always filled that in as the Healthcare Health Insurance Privacy Protection Act. 
but that doesn't spell H-I-P-A-A. That spells H-I-P-P-A. Um, so turns out HIPAA stands for Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. And you know me, I love my words. Portability and accountability? That's awesome. Accountability. You're accountable for the information that is shared with you around around health, the idea of holding somebody's health records in your hands and in your hearts and in your mind in the effort to help this person. So today we're deep diving into HIPAA. Let's get the let's get it right. It's H I P A A Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, but I also want to talk about privacy and protection and I want to talk about confidentiality and the confessional and I want to talk about the sacred bond that happened way before 1996 when HIPAA was enacted between the person in pain and the person offering up their services to help. It's that simple. So welcome to the Good Energy Healing Show. Today we're talking about the good medicine of confidentiality. So creating a sanctuary can happen anywhere. Um, it can happen at a front desk. It can happen in a hallway. It can happen most likely in your office, in an exam room. Uh, that power of confidentiality, I don't think it is something that we hold just as a rule to follow. I think that the best practitioners that I know, and I know many, many of them, they hold that confidentiality in their heart and say, I am not here to create any kind of drama or trauma. Uh, I don't want to add any bad energy. I want to add only kindness and lovingly detaching to this information that I'm being given. Um, one of the specialists at this, of course, are the psychotherapists that surround us and they are so strict with confidentiality. Um, and because I think that they truly understand that their space, the space of talk therapy is a confessional and, uh, we can go back to the word confessional. And I'm sure some of you are thinking about the classic confessional booth in the churches where you sit there and you're not even facing or looking at the person you're speaking to, but they're right on the other side of the curtain, on the other side of the wall, on the other side of the screen. And the reason why this has been around for thousands and thousands of years is because the idea of being able to hand over your burden has healing components to it. The idea of pushing down your burden looks a lot like secrecy, which looks a lot like illness, den denial, um, silencing of pain. Um, I like that. Do you ever go to that? Uh, uh, it's been around for years, postsecret.com, where uh, you're encouraged to send in a postcard, an actual postcard, and you mail it to a certain address. And on that, you put your confessional, a, a secret you want to confess. And I've watched that website evolve over the years to becoming a powerful, powerful, uh, protective weapon against, um, I don't know if I want to use the word weapon. It's like this powerful shield and this um, movement against um, people who 
suffer from suicidal thoughts. And there's been a correlation between holding one secret and letting it brew and get so big, so big that it's bigger than your own life and value in your life. And it turns out that just telling a stranger, like even telling a stranger on a postcard and mailing it in can change the, 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 the toxicity of that secret. And so here we have, you know, a, a full look at how holding on to somebody else's secret in a sacred way can be incredibly healing and letting go of your secret in a sacred way can be incredibly healing. And so here we land with this idea of confidentiality. How do I hold your information and keep it confidential in in the space of the confessional? And that's where the energy medicine comes into handy for today in our conversation. Um, We talked about, um, what did we talk about? That that, um, feeling that you have when you, you just cannot find your way to have any more compassion, the compassion fatigue, because maybe you've been burdened with too many, too much information that weighs you down. But confidentiality doesn't need to come in and sit and live in your heart. It can come right through you. And that's where the idea of energy medicine, those of us trained in Reiki, we understand that the uh, work that we do can just shine right through and we're just a vessel. And that's actually almost easier to imagine in terms of energy rather than in words given to you. But I treat words like energy. So I hear things. I respond in a socially acceptable way. But in the meantime, I'm also doing all sorts of um, energy work when I see something and feel something and it hits me one way and I send it in one one direction into maybe prayer or um, sanctuary and something else I might say, ooh, I felt fear off of that and uh, bring that to light. And then in my case, after I have spoken to my client in what's called an intake, which could be considered for those of you in healthcare, a modern day confessional, hey, what's going on with you today? What do you want to talk about? What do you want to unburden? Then I, I actually go into the hands-on work. And that's one of the things I'm most excited about with my book, because I don't think I can talk about hands-on work on a podcast. I don't think I can talk about it even um, to friends, you know, sitting across the table, it's something you have to experience. And the, 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 the next best, best thing to experiencing it would be for me to write about it. And I write through my hands to my heart and get those words on the page. I, um, really love the idea of being able to share how you can unburden somebody from heavy secrets, heavy stories, heavy traumas, um, maybe even subconscious um, traumas, things that are hold, held in the in the body, the soma soma emotional work that we don't even know we're holding, and then that's a confessional. I don't walk out into the hallway and say, "Boy, oh boy, I just felt that in that person's left shoulder." And the only reason I say left shoulder is because I can relate that to myself. Um, it's hard to talk about confidentiality without giving examples because I have so many beautiful examples of how the unburdening of big and small stories help move the physical body deeper into healing. Um, but it makes no sense to share 
those specific stories. Um, even though a podcast would be great for that, that would be breaking confidentiality. And I have thousands and thousands of them that actually I don't hold on to that much with my memory. Um, that's one thing with confidentiality is that it's okay to kind of take on that energy of being forgetful to say, Oh, I, I know you told me that. And I know it was important at the time, but I did not embrace it like a story. I didn't define you that way. I don't see you for that story. I don't see you for that trauma. I don't see you for that diagnosis. I see you whole and I see you healed. Wouldn't it be nice if all of our doctors could see us already whole and already healed, visualizing that for us, the most peaceful, the best outcome. I um, feel that very much when I'm um, when I'm doing my work and I don't really even understand all the medical terminology and I choose not to look it up because then that would be like a false sense of confidence that I might be giving to myself or to anybody else because I haven't studied all of this work. And I would expect that doctors and nurses would absolutely study every single medicine that they know their, their patient is on, every single diagnosis that their patient might have. That is their job with their degree and their licensing to study it. And my job with my work that I do in the energy healing work is to see the whole healed body. And ultimately what I would love for to happen is these, uh, those that do understand all the medical terminology and the prognosis and the diagnoses, that they would also bring back that beautiful field of healing where you see the best possible outcome, no matter what you're told on paper, the best possible outcome for this relationship you have with your patient. So the power of confidentiality, the good medicine of it, as we sit there and listen actively, I want to think about the power of the confessional booth. When we go into confession, whether it be with a friend, some of you have had experiences religiously. Um, some people do a lot of confessional on paper. They just write it out. They just write it out. They write it out. We are unburdening ourselves. And in the process of unburdening ourselves, we are letting go of that power that can affect our mind, it can affect our physical body, it can certainly affect our endocrine system because that thought just stays on the gerbil wheel and lives inside of you and circulates and circulates and gets bigger and bigger and bigger like a snowball. And somebody has to step in and say, no more, not enough. And sometimes that's you, your own person saying no more. And sometimes that's the, the cry for help saying, I cannot let this stir and brew inside of me. I need to let this out. I had an uh, experience um, where I was in Dublin, and I've talked about it to many people before, but it's worth repeating. Um, I was working with a nurse. I was teaching a class about how we um, heal and what uh, medical intuition is, the idea that um, everybody is always healing in the shamanic um, tradition the idea is that every single thing is here to speak to us and to bring us more life force, not less life force. And then that can go deeper. Every thought, every action, 
uh, brings up more life force. Um, let's make it positive. Let's make it healing. And this particular uh, nurse was a little bit skeptical. And um, I appreciated that because that makes me a better better teacher. And so I was able to um, ask her if any of this was making sense to her. And she said, you know what? Actually, it is making sense. And she spoke about um, the three types of patients that she sees in her clinics all week long. She sees the um, heart patients, she sees the lung patients, and she sees the cancer patients. And for the heart and lung patients, it was pretty straightforward. The heart patients put themselves under a lot of pressure, I think would be the equivalent of sort of like type A. The lung patients, you know, put themselves in this martyr role where they're supposed to give, 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 give of themselves. I was like, oh, that's an interesting correlation you're making. She said something incredible about how many people come through the clinic. So she does get a chance to observe thousands of people a year. And then she said the cancer patients, she said, they always have a story. They always have some big untold story hiding away in a cave and the sooner that they can get it out and the sooner they can find support for it, the better they get. I thought that was fascinating. I really did. I thought that was fascinating. And that might be a little bit of my um, reason for wanting to do this. Because here we have, you know, we live in this time where everyone is telling their story, but are they confessing their truth? Um, I was thinking about social media the other day of how social media is not a confessional booth. It is an advertising agency. We are literally creating a brand for ourselves. And if you go through social media, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you'll see that we have a online persona. Some people are mindful about it. That's cool. Um, I try to be really mindful about it because I'm aware of um, my brand and then sometimes we go a little bit, show a little other side of ourselves, whether it's personal or uh, emotional or political, uh, however that might be. And then that sort of, again, adds to our advertising campaign for ourselves. And I think it's interesting to think about that because I think we kid ourselves and we think we're creating a confessional and we're saying, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to write something in a journal. I'm going to send a photo of myself and, and I'm going to let you know a little secret about myself, but that's not really the nature of a confessional. If you think about it, it does involve the one-on-one connection, and that's the opposite of social media. I think that social media, if it was ever just one-on-one, that would be called an email or a phone call. Um, and uh, so, by social media, we're doing what I did at the top of the show. I, you know, said, "Oh, my dog hurt her paw." And then, you know, hey, everybody, my dog hurt her paw. And that's a wonderful way to get support and to be in a bigger forum. But that's not a confessional or a confidentiality. It's more of an advertisement to say, here's what I'm advertising. I need help and I need support right now. Can everyone just flood me from the community? Yes. Awesome. Confidentiality is different. And until we understand that difference, we might be asking for uh, uh, to to receive the healing of what happens in a sacred bond, um, in a private exchange. We might be looking for that to happen on social media. So just become aware of that. Become aware of that. Uh, we're all very, very new to this. Our brain is 
like in the first millisecond of, of our evolution of understanding what it means to be able to create your own story and have it heard. Um, but going back thousands of years, we used to create our own story just by having it heard by one important person in our life. So think for a moment about what you would confess if you could confess, what confessional would, would work and help you. And think about how this works. I want to go back to the specificity of healthcare itself. The problem is, is that it's a rule. And the problem is, is that once people are given a rule, a policy, then they feel like there's times to bend the rule or to decide how the rule fits so that you don't break the rule. Um, I'd like it to not be a rule. I think we would be so much better off if it wasn't a rule, if it was just a basic humanity that we offered to somebody, knowing that somebody is reaching out to us in their vulnerability and we're holding them and we're holding their story and we're releasing it so that it doesn't become part of any kind of deeper story, a trauma. I like the word kindness um, because you can ask yourself before you say what you're going to say. I think this is taught to elementary school kids. Is it true? And is it kind? So when you're dealing with confidentiality, the fact is, is you're being at, getting access to a truth that's like very big, very big truth. That's the whole point. Somebody told you their truth. They confided it to you. And now when you go to repeat that truth, whether it's on paper, in a report, in a meeting, to your health insurance you know, providers, how do you repeat it in a way that is kind? And I know there are a lot of eyes rolling right now. But the truth is, is that humans have energy. Words have energy. And the portability of that information and the accountability of that information built into the term HIPAA matters. Um, there is a story where I was walking in the hallway and a bunch of uh, medical students were discussing my mother's case. I recognized it because they used her age, her diagnosis, her account number, or whatever you want to call the patient number that she was, her room number. They weren't quiet. They weren't respectful and they weren't kind. Um, were they doing their work? Were they following the rules? Maybe. But were they following the spirit of the rule? Maybe. But I'm here to tell you, I want to up the spirit of that rule. When you think about somebody who is in your care, and wouldn't you want this as a patient, I'm talking to the clients and patients out there too, of which everyone is at some point in their life, don't you want to be treated with a certain degree of respect, a higher degree of respect, and, and, and having that confidentiality be truly sacred? I'm thinking about some of the more beautiful moments I've had in my life because I'm from a family of doctors. And every time we've been dealing with a great loss, um, we had um, the nurses would have all known who was in that hospital room because the nurse, that would be a doctor 
in that hospital room. Um, it's, it's just worth mentioning that I believe, uh, there was a, um, time where a room was dedicated to one doctor in my family while a doctor's wife was passing away in that room. And it felt so sacred and so beautiful and everybody, they seemed to up their game because there was this natural sense of one of us is passing. One of ours is passing. And there was a, there was a, a sacredness around that room that I didn't see around the other rooms um, that were more as if they were just part of the hustle in the busy hallway of the hospital. But that room was, oh, so special because one of us, one of the doctors um, was in need of care. As beautiful as that was, I don't think that should be something that's just withheld just for the family of medical people. I think that should be available in the heart of every single patient that comes through a hospital. And so if we look at compassion fatigue and we look at confidentiality together, what an awesome opportunity we have to reboot our passion for healthcare. Um, I love what I do. I know why I get sent so many clients. It's because there isn't that much time to be compassionate. There isn't that much time to take in the whole story, the story that could be the unburdening, that could unlock some of the issues that, that create stress and inflammation and um, disorganization in, in the mind of the patient that needs to heal. Um, or get ready, ready for surgery. We want that. We want them to be super calm in the parasympathetic state. And sometimes it turns out, in order to get into the parasympathetic state, it's helpful to t- tell your story. Tell your story of fear. Maybe what happened the last time you were in surgery, and get that unburden. That that's where the psychotherapists are incredibly valuable. But also, if we can't do that, just listening and allowing for it to unburden and releasing that into the beautiful prayer of, may you be better. May your body be blessed. May that healing inside of you be awoken. And may I take one small burden from you, and someday may you take one small burden from me, because it's in the sharing, in the connection, that humans heal. We need each other. We need each other on all levels, intellectual, but also right down to um, being, you know, those that, that, that we live together. We're pack animals. We're herd animals. We, we like to live together. It is well-known, you know, source of torture is to um, separate people and to put them in what's called isolation. So this is a really beautiful way to, to kick off um, more conversations moving forward about the power of confidentiality. It's, it's going to be a big theme in my life moving forward as I talk about the book without talking about all of the beautiful stories that I've had, I've shared. Um, I've been able to go to every single person whose story I wanted to allude to in the book always protecting their identity um, unless otherwise asked to not protect their identity because they wanted to share more on a social media level to shout out, this was amazing. This was great. This happened to me. But ultimately, um, 
I never meet with people in a group when I even ask them around their feeling of confidentiality. It's one-on-one. It's laughter over coffee and sharing and reminiscing and reading my passages chapter by chapter to the person who may be featured in that chapter and getting the huge blessing of being able to take any confidential healing that's happened and turn it into a bigger storytelling. And frankly, I guess you'd say an advertisement for healing so that we can get the word out and share and know that there's so much hope and beauty waiting as we, as we go forward into all of our healing journeys and to ultimately know that we're not alone. You're not the first person to have this experience. You're not the first person to have this story. No matter how unique you believe the story is, no matter how toxic you think the story is or how isolating you think the story is, the more we tell and share our stories, the better off we are. And it starts with one person saying, I cannot burden this pain alone. I know this is key to my healing. And the other person receiving it and saying, I don't, I will not be burdened with it either, but I will take it and release it from you all in the name of that beautiful healing. And however you want to release it, you can pray, you can do energy work where you can um, do all sorts of techniques where you send it um, away from you. Like, as I said, like a straw or water down a river over a waterfall, um, you can um, just listen and have allow your heart itself to feel nothing but love and not pity, not trauma drama, um, and allow that to to move forward with a perspective that says, I'm not afraid for you. And I've heard your story. I see you, I hear you, and I'm not afraid. And therefore you don't need to be afraid either. Let's transform this fear into understanding and sharing and caring. So remember this whenever you're told HIPAA, HIPAA, HIPAA. It's about accountability and showing up and caring. I know we have heavy burdens in our life. I know we have big caseloads in our life. But this is to me the key to all energy healing is that we hold a sacred space. We gather information and release information that no longer serves the healing of that body. And uh, I want to thank you all for joining me today for the good medicine of confidentiality. And think about it with your friends. Think about it with your children, with your parents, with whoever you come into contact with. Were you privileged to have that moment of confessional? And if you were, bless it, release it, and wish the best for the person you just came into contact with. Whether it's one person a day or 100 people a day, we can do this. We can do better. It's the good medicine of confidentiality. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I look forward to checking back in soon. This is Hillary Crowley for the Good Energy Healing Show. I hope you have a beautiful day.